Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's Bashomania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. We are back. Bashamania 162. Maybe it's been a couple weeks. Haven't done a show since... Uh, Felters joined for uh, Iowa Penn State preview. So it's been a couple of weeks, had our healthy baby boy last week, and I just could not care less about absolutely anything. (laughs) So took a couple days off. That felt good. Before we dive in, guys, I want to, obviously, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Attack, A-T-A-C. The Attack app is not only amazing, but the people behind the app are so incredible. I was I just had a talk with one of the guys a couple of weeks ago about the fact that they never bother me. They never say get X amount of ad reads. They never say say this. They never say anything. And here's a month where I'm sure now that I'm back, we're gonna have like 10 episodes over the next month. But like there's no like, hey, we didn't get our ad reads or hey, there's nothing. Like they're good people in in, in a sport where there's so many neg- negative people and toxic people and everything else. I'm grateful for the folks that attack. So download the app, support them. The app's amazing. It's like having a trainer, having a coach in your pocket. There's so many things you can do on there. And there's so many high-level athletes, both men and women, using the app. If you follow Peyton, you'll see she's using it a lot. If you follow uh, Trent Hidley and others, they're using it a lot. So be sure to download the Attack app. Show them some love. Good people. Something we need in the sport. Corby. Welcome back to the podcast. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I I feel so great right now. Having my baby boy on my chest all the time, all day long is an amazing feeling. And even a lot of my wrestling people, you included, Chenzo, Don Felt, there's so many. When I talk to you guys, I'm talking about the baby. So I haven't like scratched the itch in a couple of weeks of talking about wrestling so i'm excited to dive in um and talk wrestling for an hour random topics there's no set preview anything this is just random stuff um i do want to thank everybody who reached out about the baby Uh, this has been a long time coming i'm super super excited he's here he's healthy uh my wife is healthy so thank you for everybody reaching out sharing tips advice well wishes i do appreciate that so let's dive in i want to start with not breaking news, but in the last like 48 hours, both Brayton Lee and AJ Ferrari done for the season. And I was just talking to one of my clients, a Bash Solutions client offline, um, obviously. And we were talking about timing and and with business. And I was saying how funny that is preparing for the show. I'm thinking about like everybody kept saying, could AJ be a five-time champion? He sure as heck has the talent. Every single person wants to see him on the mat. 
he brings something special to the table. And here it's like, you know, you never think a car accident will be what will stop you from potentially being a five-time champion. Obviously, so much goes into it. But, man, you know, I just sent a message to Brayton Lee that it's so frustrating when, you know, I, I do believe God's timing is perfect, but when things don't line up because of timing and health, what a scary thing. There, there's nothing you can do. It's out of your hands. What was your thoughts when you saw the news for both of them? The Ferrari one, um, I kind of thought maybe he wouldn't make it back right away. Everybody was saying he was going to be back. I thought, you know, he, he might not make it back. Um, the Brayton Lee one, um, that's tough too, right? I mean, I don't know. I mean, you text, so you obviously know Brayton. And anybody out there that does know Brayton or has come in contact with Brayton, I mean, nobody has anything to say bad about Brayton Lee. He's, a, he's an amazing kid. He's so respectful, so nice. Um, it, it, it sucks when stuff happens to, to kids like that. So um, that one hurt. That one, you know, to me, I was like, man, I heard it, you know, a couple of days ago. And, you know, I know the family and, you know, Minnesota, they were wanting to announce it. And, and I was hoping it wasn't true. But then the next day I found out that it was. And, you know, it's that's terrible for him. Um, you know, and, and let's spin off that spin off that now to 157 allocations in the big 10. Okay. That means Brayton Lee's allocation is gone. Okay. We have a guy by the name of Bergie. You saw my tweet where I, Oh, he's not going down. He's not going down. Corby. I, that was all my info. And all of a sudden I, Oh shit. He's going, I was cracking up because like all weekend, like we were in the hospital from Thursday to Sunday and a lot of it was like, I'm super connected and plugged in with Twitter, seeing what's going on. Even when I'm like disconnected, I try to keep up with what's going on. And I had saw your tweet, like Penn State fans, stop. He's not right. going to 57. And that's all I saw. And then like a day or two later, you're like, all right, so Bergie to 57 is <laughs> I was cracking up. Yeah, well, it was all the information, you know, what I was getting forever. And then I kind of just, let it go and a week goes by right and you know i kind of took my mind my thoughts off that and other things happened and then after texas i got on and started looking and they're talking about it and i hadn't reached out or talked to anybody about it in you know a week right i just hey he's gonna be there this is what they're gonna do they're gonna figure out 57 you know luke was coming in they had Barraclaw, they had they had tony they were gonna and then you know, things changed and uh, I wasn't aware of that. Right. And, uh, and then, you know, people started reaching out and, and then I, <clears throat> I also had thought and was told he had, he didn't cert down, was track trying to track down, you know, that information. And then finally, you know, after, you know, connected a bunch of dots, you know, Hey, sometimes you miss. Right. And that one, uh, you know, sounds like he's going down and, and Edsel Edsel, another interesting one was, People, I don't know if people know this or not, but when the coaches' rankings come out, the coach actually has to go onto the website and they check the starter, right? So, so each coach of the team actually checks the ten guys that they want to enter the coaches' poll. So when Edsel was entered at sixty-five, that's because they entered him, right? So that I was like, hmm. So I thought, okay, well they're just testing the waters with Edsel to see, you know, hey, where's his RPI? 
And can we get a coach's rank out of him thinking that, you know, hey, if we can get Edsel coach's rank, then when we get Bergie in next week, we can, you know, lobby to the coaches. Hey, you had Edsel ranked. I mean, why wouldn't Bergie be ranked? Sure. Well, little did I know, you know, that they had had that plan. And so it sounds like, you know, it sounds like he's going down from all indica- indications. And and according to the math, um, you know, it was like 22 days from his last weigh-in, which puts him this weekend. He could be down to 157. So I don't know if he's going to wrestle Ryder at 157 or not, but he's eligible to. So here was another sticky thing. He was three. He only had four matches. So one more match, he qualifies for the coaches poll. That doesn't do anything for an allocation. You need, you need coaches poll, RPI, or 70 winning percentage. Those three, you need two of those categories to allocate a spot. Well, you need eight matches to accumulate a winning percentage, and you need 15 for an RPI. So he was three and one. So even at 65, he wasn't going to allocate. So he was going to have to go to the Big Ten and take somebody's spot, right? So the same at 57. But what's going to happen now, you lose Brayton Lee's spot. Now Bergie comes down, right? So now you've got two kind of spots there. You know, Bergie's looking to steal and you lose Brayton's. So that's going to be interesting. Do they get seven at the Big Ten at 57? Or do they grab that eight spot with, you know, guys down on the lower end? Um, or do they just stay with seven? It'll be, you know, it'll be, that's going to be very interesting, right? And then. You know, they're looking, here's what I at it. They figured at 60, if he goes 65, maybe they think the way Marinelli match turned out that he doesn't, maybe he doesn't, you know, get many points at 65. And they figured they weren't going to do a lot at 57. So now you flip-flop them, put Bergie down. Maybe they think they can get some more points out of him down there. Um, to me, though, never being down in a while, it'll be interesting. He looks small at 65, though. He was getting over. Yeah, he does. He definitely does. And, you know, the Brayton Lee had big implications. Him being out. A.J. Ferrari, too, I'm curious in your opinion. Oklahoma State has lost four out of five since he's been out. It's wild what what a swing. And I, and I want to say two of those duels look like they would have probably went Oklahoma State's way with Ferrari in the lineup. I don't think they would have beat Iowa. But no. two of those other duels – very well could have went their way like that's such a what a big implication when one guy has that much of a impact on on the dual outcomes no without a doubt i mean they they lose what to the, they lose the whole state of iowa right northern iowa iowa state and iowa sweep them yep so um you know and then they have bedlam this weekend and you know i know at the end we'll go through some of that stuff, but yep. um, we got they, they have time. Bucknell and Oklahoma this weekend, I believe. They do. They, they do. They have exactly. two duels. Yeah. Yeah, and they're having a casino night this weekend down there. A little fundraiser for the RTC. Are they? Um, yeah, as well. So. Oh, that's um, right. We just launched a website for them, and I remember them talking about that. Uh, we just launched the Cowboy Wrestling Club site. Yes. And yep. I remember and the casino. Yeah. Yep. That's this weekend. They're gonna do a casino night. Um, I believe it's Saturday night. Um, so, but we got a duel tonight, ESPN plus actually, there's a duel tonight. My guy, um, David Carr. Yeah. Your guy, David Carr is going to get, uh, you know, Missouri, Missouri. So we'll run down a little bit. You got Tarakina and certain that could be an interesting match as well as Dagan and Edmund. I met, you know, 
that's going to be really interesting because Dagan likes to hang out in an overhook wizard all the time. And, and Edmund likes to go upper body and throw guys. I don't remember if you're uh, down at the NC state. Uh, I think it might've been Missouri NC state or down when Missouri was at the duels in yeah. Florida, Edmund come in middle trips. He likes overhooks. So, and he likes underhooks. So it's going to be very, that match could be interesting. I think there could be fireworks in that match. And then you got Jake Hughes and, and, uh, and Carr 57. And then uh, Coleman and Kent, that should be interesting, right? Cause Coleman to me, Kent comes out fast and Kent's pretty good. Got a nice cradle. But Kent has been fading lately, like noticeably fading in matches. And so, do you think that's a time oh, of the year thing? I don't know. It's it. Oh, you know, it, we depth that or has he been sick? Right? Yeah. Has he been sick? Yeah. Huh? Now I'm not going to name names, but I, I mean, I I, could, I know a few kids out there in the country right now that are coming back from COVID and they're struggling. Me and you, we may get COVID. And listen, I don't. I go to the gym, work out a little bit, but I'm not pushing myself to the extent of these kids, right? So I'm not noticing my lungs maybe being a little bit, you know, different. Where yeah. these kids, there's a couple high-level kids in the country right now that are that are recovering from end of December, January COVID, and they just, they're just not, they don't have it. Their lungs just, they can't get them back yet. So it, it's interesting. So we don't know. I'm not saying that's what happened with Kent at all, but it's something that I haven't noticed with Kent before right yep. so and i don't think it's weight because he's you know he was a 74 last year he's up at 84 i don't see it being weight so maybe he was sick maybe he's just getting it back but i've noticed he's fading and coleman has been i mean talk about here's a kid in the country so underrated that coleman yep. is really good and gets no press nobody talks about coleman um you know i guess you know, they're stuck up there in Ames, Iowa, there a little north of Des Moines. And, you know, you got Iowa, you know, get a lot of the press and, and which, you know, you know, it's warranted, I guess, but you got David Carr national champion, right? You get, you got Coleman. I mean, this Iowa state team is David Joe. I got Iowa state winning this duel tonight. Yeah, I do too. I, I'm, yeah. I'm biased with, with Carr and where I was going to go with that is Hodge. The Hodge feels so interesting this year because Gable throws such a wrench in it. Gable is is the best wrestler in college, bar none, because he just went off and won a little Olympic gold medal um, when everyone was on summer break. So, you know, he's by far the best wrestler in college. But it's like, do you just give him the Hodge? It's like you have guys, I think there's like, 20, 25 guys right now that are undefeated and not that they all should get the Hodge, but there's a lot of guys when you talk about a guy like David Carr, like Yanni, Yanni's up to five pins. I know yeah. his bonus percentage is in the seventies, um, but the Hodge, it's so interesting. It's like, so interesting. do people just give Gable the Hodge because he's well, undefeated? He's bonusing everybody. Like what's he got a hundred percent bonus rate? Yeah. And this would be a year where the Hodge would be such an interesting discussion, I think, without Gable, right? I mean, very look much at, so. Look at Seabass. Look at Sebastian Rivera. He's like, I think he's got, I mean, I think only one or two matches he hasn't bonus. And guys uh, like him and like him and Nick Lee, both undefeated, you put those two guys, let's just say that's an NCAA final 
and one beats the other, and that's the only loss. That's a lot of weight in my book for a Hodge. If if Rivera keeps this up, and let's say Nick beats him in the finals, I look at Nick Lee like you just beat another Hodge contender in the finals. And how many matches do we get where they're Hodge contenders head to head in the finals? So that throws such an in- interesting wrench into it too, where it's like, man, if you don't give it to Gable, who do you give it to? It's going to be an interesting, interesting well, conversation point for sure. Yeah. And, and I would imagine with strength, you know, the way that, you know, Nick Lee and Ironman wrestled and Lee, Lee beats Ironman. So that's probably going to give Lee the one seed and Rivera, the two, three with Ironman. Hey, let's yeah. say Rivera beats Ironman beats Lee. At Big I 10. think Rivera so, can beat Ironman hundred percent. I think Rivera's yeah. on fire. Yeah, let's say he does that. Let's say this hypothetically would would this give Sebastian Rivera a, a Hodge discussion if he he runs the table from here on out? He beats yes. he beats I, Ironman, he beats Lee, he goes to the NCAA tournament on top of bonusing everybody this year but one match, and then goes in his last you know seven matches beats Lee twice, probably maybe Ironman twice. If he does that, yeah, I to agree. me it's like you give Gable, you just say, Hey, here's the award. It's called the Gable. You take that <laughs> and everybody else is in running for the Hodge. You, you get Gable. You know what I mean? Like, I don't and know. I feel it's like so- because, you know, I, and I get the argument both that Gable has one and both that he shared one. So I, I get that argument, but I think like the NCAA tournament is going to shake out those Hodge rankings. Like you said, if Rivera goes on and run and beats Lee and Ironman both twice, give him the Hodge. Because I'm also looking at, like, what are they doing? And I know it's just college wrestling, but when you think of, like, Sebastian's also going to Puerto Rico to compete. He's also competing freestyle. He's doing so much right now to see him have this level of consistent dominance on the college scene while doing other things freestyle. I know it's a college award, but I, I give it weight. I don't know if I should or not, but I definitely give it weight. 41 is, I mean, I don't think people really like the Nick Lee, Ironman, Rivera. I mean, these guys are high. I mean, high level. Ironman beat Kinchavili. You know what I mean? I mean, we're talking about, I mean, these guys are, they're high level. 41 is, 41 is a really deep, interesting weight. Um, So, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Oh, and to round out at that duel tonight, we are going to get Bastida Elam, right? No Ferrari. So who, who is going to be the guy now at 97? We got two guys that have been pretty consistent this year. We've got Dean with one loss. Yeah. Okay. We've got Schultz with one loss. Everybody else has taken two, three, some guys, four losses. So the consistent guys are kind of, you know, Schultz and, and Dean, but you know, Elam and Elam and Bist- this is going to tell us a lot right here. I think tonight on this on, is also seven. Uh, hundred percent. And this is also that time of year where guys separate themselves or where they can't break through, you know, as I think about Rivera and what he's doing while competing for Puerto Rico, I also think about Anthony Valencia who just made the Mexico world team, but he's also dropped three out of his last four matches to the three of the top four guys in the country being, you know, Wick Griffith and O'Toole. So this is that time of year where a guy like Rivera, you know, and, and, you know, going back to 97 guys like Max, do they, 
separate themselves? Do guys like other break through to the top five? This is definitely that time of year where you, you know, like for Valencia, I don't know if I'm in his, if I'm him in his head, that's kind of a mental block dropping three matches to three of the top four guys heading into the national tournament. It's like, do you have that confidence or some of these guys that have the momentum? I like a guy with one loss. I like a guy with like a Max Dean who has that kind of chip on his shoulder. I said that he was going to win the Iowa duel because of that. Like, I don't know that grit. Like I shouldn't have lost that match. Let me, let me come out here and really do what I know I can do. So I like it. But at what point does it become a mental block too and, and drop your confidence a bit? So this is, this is going to be an interesting weekend before we talk. I, I want to kind of go through it and let you tell everybody what to watch. I know people are a fan of that. I want to talk a little freestyle before yeah. we do. So let's start with bout at the ballpark. Iran obviously backed out Mongo- Mongolia backed out on the women's side. I, you know, I was not surprised whatsoever. I think when you're doing business with Iran in any sense, with what the political climate is. I don't like Iran. I, I have respect for Iranian wrestling fans. I, you know, I've seen that they treat Burroughs so amazing and others. I love it. But when you're dealing with Iran as a country, you have to kind of expect that, that something like an event that, especially when you're talking politically to our government, wrestling does not matter whatsoever. So, you know, when you're talking about visas getting denied and this and that, I wasn't surprised at all. And as soon as I ran pulled out, like we were at the hospital and, and we were watching it. We had nowhere to go, but I mean, it, it felt like, like an exhibition, exhibition all-star match or something like our 10 guys outscored the 10 guys. They wrestled 99 to zero to zero. The only match points were in Greco 11, three, you know, cause in freestyle, if you score a match point, you get a point. They yeah. added the Greco match in with the freestyle team scores, and then they kept the yeah. women on their own. Otherwise, like you said, the freestyle portion would have been like 40 to zero or something. Like they they didn't score a match point, let alone yeah. a team. I mean, you know, people don't, if you don't know out there, if if you score a match point in freestyle, you get a team point for your team in a duel. So if I beat you nine to one, you would get three, I would get one, or you know, or you would get one, I would get three. So um yeah we crushed them it was kind of to me listen they ran a they ran a kids tournament from noon to three then they had you know they had to have everybody involved right it's like oh we we can't you know oh no we can't forget anybody we need to have kids we got to have men we got to have freestyle we got to have men's and women's we got to oh can't forget we got to get a greco match in there as well here's another thing they they put the mats okay because originally they were gonna you know go you know wrestle it at the same time so the plan was to have two mats so the mats went literally behind the pitcher's mound okay so pitcher's mound to home plate 60 feet six inches home plate to the to the to the stands was another 60 70 feet we were behind home plate row 14 and about three foot slabs, another 42 feet, right? So you're talking 170, 180 feet, three feet in a yard. We are 60 yards from where the wrestling was started, then center of the mat, another, what, 21 feet here? 
you know, another seven, eight yards, you're 70 yards away from the action. I tell you what this proved to me, Minnesota, COVID saved our ass in Minnesota. That would have been a horrible NCAA tournament, horrible experience. I know people paid $250 a seat to sit down on the ground, on the floor, on fold-up chairs. They said the sight lines were horrible. You couldn't see. You had to watch it on the big screen. I just don't know that we're at the point in our sport yet that we want to fill up arenas and watch the action on a big screen. What would have happened in Minnesota? They would have done Minnesota. 40,000 people would have came. It would have been the first year. Then they would have signed the contracts for the next four or five years for football stadiums. And every year it would have went 40,000, 30,000, 20,000, 15,000. By the time the contracts were done, the football stadiums, there would have been less people there than in the NHL, NBA stadiums, the way we do it now. It was horrible, horrible. Absolutely horrible. Well, and I had said that when people were crying about me saying, listen, I I can't remember what event it was, but I said, I'm not going to go if I have to stand there and watch in a mask. I'm like, it's just not enjoyable for me. And I, for me, I love, and we've talked about this when you've been on here before, I love watching it on TV because you get such a better view of it and you can you know, do a lot of things at once. And I even told my wife, like, I'm waiting to see what happens with Detroit. I have everything booked for NCAAs, but I'm still waiting because I don't want to be watching the big screen instead of watching the action. And if I'm at an event, and I'm, I've kind of been spoiled with, with my access, like big tens. When I went at Rutgers, I was in media row. So I'm literally sitting on top of the mat watching it. But when you're in a venue like that, there's not a bad seat in the house. That's like the size that I think fits wrestling really, really well. And even I'm assuming I, I know you guys that went, were all sitting like behind home plate, basically. And the cameras, it was only showing the outfield. So instead of showing the fans being excited behind the action, you're showing empty seats. I'm like, it's never a good look. I would have tried to position the cameras the other way so you see excitement and you see the fans versus well, no, You would have never saw outfield. We were 60 yards away to, I mean, you know, you were 50 yards away to row one. You know, and then they were selling dugout seats. So you would have sat way back in the dugout trying to see the action. I mean, it was, there's, I don't know. It was, it, it, listen, instead of trying to involve, listen, if you would have just marketed the one duel and they would have moved the mat, like when Arizona State did it at the ballpark, they had the mat behind home plate right up there by the backstop. So people are kind of close. You just couldn't, you literally Row 14 behind home plate, you couldn't tell if the guy shot a single leg, a double leg, or what he did. There was absolutely no way you could just see there were two guys out there kind of scrumming. That's all. You would have to watch it on a big screen, and there were two of them. It just – I'll never uh, – what, what that proved to me, and you know me, I'm a wrestling guy. I go everywhere. I don't like to miss anything. Um, and I was going to Minnesota, and I went there. But once we step it up after 2026, if they choose to – go that route it'll be home for me it just no even this year big 10 weekend like i'm oh big 10 should i go should i go and i'm not gonna because like you said i can sit at home i can watch big 12 big 10 i can watch acc i can put six computers three tvs i can have everything going on in my living room right and 
why would I want to, you know, as a wrestling guy that I am, that's what's kind of been a blessing a little bit with, with what happened, you know, with me not, you know, being with Willie anymore. Um, I got to get back to, you know, doing what I love. Whoops. Lost my headphones there. What I, what I love to do, you know, which is just sit around and five computers on a Saturday or Sunday and, you know, watching every dual meet where when you're, or at a tournament run around, right. Where it's like you're on press row or something and there's eight mats going. It's hard to watch all the action. Right. And I'm a guy that I like to watch it, soak it all in. I'm not, I'm not one of these were analytic you at, guys. Were you at the rack for big tens? Oh yeah. So it was funny because being on, at least on the floor, you had to go up, exit, and go all the way around mm-hmm. to get back to the other side of the floor. So every yeah. time, like, one of my guys was wrestling the other side, I'm, like, getting up, going all the way around. But, yeah. you know, that was fun. It, like you said, I, you know, it, it's funny because NCAAs, I don't know. I, I've been holding my son every day, all day, as much as I can get. So to leave a one-month-old, if it's Ooh. not the perfect ideal conditions, and I think he's too young to just fly him and my wife with me to NCAAs, um, which I might do for the Open because I really want to get back to the Open in Vegas. So hopefully they can fly out with me because that's always a fun event. But, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. You know, I, I, I guess I like the notion for about the ballpark. I hope they do more events. I just hope they kind of actually – I don't know who they're – I don't know who's coming up with these ideas, but I hope they consult with more people to try to just round out the execution a little bit better. I didn't hear. I saw a lot of people that are typical best event ever. Great event. Like the, the typical rah, rah, whether it's because flow put on the event, whatever it is, you, you see them. And I will say the streaming was perfect. I was in a hospital. I'm sure my Wi-Fi wasn't the best. There wasn't a single streaming issue, but I do hope next time it's a little bit different, which brings me to my next point. I have been blown away by this rudest supercard. Oh, you're, I can't believe when you were just saying how NCAAs and this, I'm thinking, you know what? Even like now I, this rudest card has got me like, I'm, I'm pumped. Like I'm, I, I'm so pumped to get there this Wednesday night before. listen, I'm more excited for this Wednesday night than I am for Thursday, <laughs> right? Thursday, I mean, the rubber meets the road. It gets going, right? But then Friday, Saturday, it's really good, right? But, um, yeah, man, I'm more excited for this Rudist card. Um, you know, I'm going to be there for 100%, um, and it's going to be. Yeah, I, mean, I want to do, do a whole preview show because, you know, there's so many great matches. I mean, it's like J.O. versus Pantelio, Zane versus um, James Green, Hildebrandt yeah. versus Gross, Derringer, Imar, Miles Martin, Mark Hall. Like, you have so many great matches. Obviously, Snyder versus Cox in the best of three. These are world team trials caliper matches. And I don't know. I haven't talked to anybody competing on, on what the money looks like. But, you know knowing the sport as well as guys like you and I, you know, some of these guys aren't competing unless they're getting paid good, especially against like, and I'm not saying this about Zane or James, but for them to go against each other, knowing that could be a world team trials final, you know, they're getting paid good. 
you know, yeah. whether or not they would do it for free. I'm not saying that I'm just right. Some of these athletes, that's how they are. Oh, so, yeah. you know, it, it is going to be an awesome event. Um, it is interesting. It's, it's for anybody listening, who's maybe thinking about going, it is 21 plus to attend. Yeah. That's kind of buried on the poster a little bit. So anybody listening who's thinking about attending, just make sure you, you pay attention to that. Cause I'd hate for somebody to show up with their kid or kids. It's at a casino. It's at a casino. Yeah. So you have to be 21 to enter the casino. Yeah. It's at motor city casino and Jordan and Lauren Burroughs are going to have their um, gold party after. So it's going to be an, an electric night of wrestling first there. And the venue is super cool. If you've seen um, what they've been posting for where it is and same with the gold party that Jordan and Lauren are hosting, which by the way, go to all we see is gold.com. That's the website for the party and for the foundation Lauren and Jordan are doing where they're going to, they're going to give back. They pick a, a local club. It was, it was pretty cool when I was there a couple of years ago. I think it was in the Pittsburgh to help the local club. So awesome event. I'm super excited. We are going to do a preview show in the coming weeks. There's a lot of, I'm thinking actually maybe next week or the week after because you have a week before conferences. So it's instead of just saying the same thing over and over, might be nice to do a preview show, get that out there and, and let people listen to it for a couple of weeks. But super excited for that. Next up on Freestyle 2, just before we went on here, I actually posted this on Rockfin. Yasar Dogu next weekend, and we're selling, we're, we're sending a pretty good delegation. You know, you've got some top guys, Joey McKenna, Jordan Burroughs, Jordan Oliver, Gwiz, and you've got NCAA champions, Nico Megalutis, Anthony Ashnault back on the mat. We haven't seen Nico in a couple of years. We haven't seen Ashnault since the trials, I believe. Um, did you take a look at the entries for that? I did. I Ashnault got a little work in the other night in that. Um, oh, gosh, what did they call it? Summit three. Yep. That pen hat. He got some matches in. But, yeah, we haven't seen Ashnault in a while. I did. And. And it's going to be awesome. Um, like you said, I can't believe, I mean, Nico Megalutis is back. Ashnault's on the mat. We got a bunch of, you know. How about at 70 kilos? Jay, not, sorry, not to talk over you. No, yeah. J.O., James Green, Ashnault. You're talking J.O., the Olympic trials champion. James Green, the world team trials champion. And then throw Ashnault. Then you have all three of them competing in the same weight. That's going to be electric. Ashnault was a final X finalist. Yeah. So, I mean. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, here, I mean, here we go, right. There's three guys going over there. Um, that's going to be amazing. Um, you know, we're gonna have to get up early in the morning. To, to I miss that. I miss that. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I mean, kind of, we're kind of sick like that as wrestlers, right. It's like, we, we embrace the, the, the odd things, right. When most people be like, what, you're going to get up at three in the morning to watch something. And it's like, heck yeah, I can't wait, you know? So yeah, and it's hard sometimes too. Like, you know, you don't really change your time you go to bed, but then you're excited. You know, there's a good matchup yeah. coming. It takes a while to fall asleep, and then you're up like an hour before your alarm. So it's yeah, yeah I love it. It's great. Any um, um, any surprise to you that we have not seen Dake or Taylor since Worlds? Nah, nope, no surprise. I think. Uh, I mean, these guys, if you look at it too, I mean, I know everybody now is like, oh, Kobe, these guys haven't been able to compete. These guys haven't been able to compete. 
if you go back and look, I mean, most of these high-level guys only compete three times a year. A lot of them. Three, yeah, maybe and you, four. I, I feel like yeah. people can't even use the, like, COVID thing anymore because, like, guys like Taylor and Dayco have no clue, you know, what's going on. But they also competed in both the Olympics and World Championships back-to-back. And both had big years where, you know, Dake had Burroughs in the Olympic trials and then the Olympics and the world team trials. Taylor has been wrestling everywhere for years. So I'm not really surprised either. I am curious to see when they come back and, you know, those are guys who typically always get after it, after it, but I could see, I could see it. You know, I could see maybe a card coming up here, maybe April-ish or something. Maybe they get back on the mat. Usually you get them, you know, after NCAAs. I imagine Nittany Lions going to imagine they'll run a card of some sort April-ish. Usually, right, you would think we're going to get back into those. You know, maybe maybe they get their feet wet there. Um, and then I think you'll see them jump overseas, um, you know, maybe – later on down the road and you know what and the way that you know they change the seating you see that now for worlds and we're going to eight right yeah. so now now before when it was only you know four you weren't you know guaranteed separation if you didn't have point now it may it may help to go to some it may help to, for the main guys to hit a rankings tournament so i wouldn't be shocked if they don't get into one or two of those um you know with separation i mean you know, they're seeding eight now. Like I said, you know, it, it, it was different before. You just take your take your chances to get drawn in with, you know, where you set with the one through four guys. But yep. now yep. going to eight, it's more true. Um, so I hope I hope more guys internationally now take advantage of the ranking series. And I think that was kind of one of the reasons they did that was that the main guys like Burroughs had come out in the past and say, why would I, why would I go? Why like, why would I go when I'm going to get this draw that I've got in the past, I'll roll my dice and, yep. and you know, take my chances. So I think to incentivize guys that go to these rankings and to, you know, spread guys out more, I think seed and eight, you know, that's going to help things a lot. Yeah, so. no, for sure. So that'll be interesting. I'm glad I know there were some cancellations and delays early to start 2022 off, but International wrestling is going to be fun. Usardo Goo next week, 24th, I believe it is. I don't know where it's going to be streamed. I don't know if it's been announced yet. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think Flo's streaming it because I feel like they're usually all over the news when they are. Like they'll be talking mm-hmm. about, you know, who's competing. They haven't. So if I find out who is, I'll definitely post that, tweet that. I'm sure Corby will as well. Yeah. All right. So, before we talk about your what to watch this weekend, we have like something like 47 duels. I think I saw an intermat today through Sunday. I'm curious your duel of the season. So far. Yeah. Duel so far, hands down. Duel of the year, Iowa, Iowa state. Okay. Duel of the year, Iowa, Iowa state. Um, I thought maybe Penn state, Iowa could, you know, make a run at it there. You know, if Warner, if Warner, you know, pulls that match out looking really good there and, and he and he, you know, gets beat at the end, that you know changes things for that duel. Um, but yeah, I mean I Iowa, Iowa State, I was at that duel epic. I was at Iowa uh Penn State, I was just at Iowa Oki State, I was at Oki State Stanford, I've been at some Rutgers matches. Um 
even even watching online, I mean, I, I think Iowa Iowa State uh, was a was a great duel meet. Um, I mean, I imagine there's been some other ones, but to me, that's that's what I'm going with. It was it was electric. Yeah. As a Penn State fan, I got to go with Penn State, Michigan or Penn State, Iowa, you know, as a as a Penn State fan, enjoying a duel like that is so fun. I know what you're saying, too, like, especially when you're there, I feel like even a duel that isn't the best duel when you're there, the crowd can make it the best duel. Oh, it it like when you're talking about Iowa, Iowa State, like when you're talking about an atmosphere like that, that is like my favorite duel ever was um, Penn State beating Ohio State in rec hall when Ohio State was the the favorite to win Nolf on the sideline with crutches. I'm like in the electric in the yeah. tunnel. I crashed my truck that night. I had so much adrenaline, thought I could drive home and not fall asleep because <laughs> it's four hours. And I was staying at Kale's house for the weekend. He's like, you sure you want to just crash and, and drive home in the morning? I end up crashing just in a different way. <laughs> so, in a different way. Yeah. No, that meet though, that Iowa, Iowa, Penn State electric. Um, hey, when are we gonna when are we gonna get rid of the Merkel takedown? When are we gonna just get rid of the Merkel takedown? Here's the thing why. Here's why. So if 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 folk style wrestling is about control, how is there if I have one move from there, right? I have my inside leg in. I have you locked up. I have one move. I can try to extend you and roll you through. You is the bottom man. You have multiple options there. You can come up, elbow me in the chest, go, go Grand B. You can, there's multiple options there. So the guy on the bottom actually has more options than the guy on the top, for one. For two, it's not control. It's not called consistently. And... You know, the guys that were good at it, I know Corey Clark's probably going to be mad at me for this, but but uh, I get I get rid of it. I get rid of the what, Merkel. What ma- was it just in a match, I'm assuming? That was, That's why it's... That was the Kemmer, that was the, uh, Kemmer Carter at the end when, when he had the Merkel Carter. Because a lot of times what happens in that position is, and it gets hairy, is that the legs like across the guy's chest there, and the bottom man's kind of got it curled, right? Like he's in a curl. And he's got the leg. And then what you, you know, obviously Kemmer drove him forward and tried to hook the leg, but he didn't get the leg hook. He just got it in between the two legs. So it's like, where is control there? It's so hairy. And freestyle, that's not a takedown. You've got to clear the leg, get around the guy behind the hips. I wish we would just, it's, we already go to hand touch. We already go, you know what I mean? You already, you already can hit a slide by. The guy touches hand. It's two. You don't need the Merkel anymore. You know, yeah. it's just, a, I don't know. To me, I, I, just, I wish we would get rid of the Merkel takedown. I hope There's a lot of rule changes that need to happen. Merkel takedown, I, I wish, was definitely one of them. Um, All right, so, Corby, we're, we're at the final segment. What to watch this weekend? This is your segment. This is where <laughs> you shine. I, I, I go to your Twitter now. For anybody listening who's not following Corby yet, I'm not sure what you're doing, but he's at Corby, C-O-R-B-Y, Matt, M-A-T on Twitter. And he's constantly tweeting out every day what duels are on, what great matches you should be watching. So make sure you're following him. Um, and, and he's also sharing where the duel is taking place. If it's on ESPN+, Plus, if it's on Flow BTN, 
So you need to be following that. I try to retweet it as often as I see it. So Corby, final weekend of the regular season. There's some, there's some real good ones. Wisconsin, Wisconsin schedules, UNI Friday, Cornell Sunday. So they're, and I mean, are you kidding me? Like, so here we go tomorrow night. Okay. We talked about tonight. We got Iowa, Missouri. We talked about that. We got tomorrow night flow eight. All these times I'm going to list are going to be Eastern times, eight o'clock on flow, Wisconsin, UNI. So we should get Barnett and Teske. We should get That'd be a good one. That's a good one. We should get Hamidi and Yant. You know, Yant's been wrestling tough. Yant beat Whitlake. We got McNally Runyon. Good one. Friday night, ACC TV, 7 o'clock, NCNC State. I mean, in-state rivalry, you know, no love loss there. 49, we should get Sherman and in, in, uh, Wilson, right? Tariq and Sherman should be a good one. Um no, Ed Scott. Ed Scott's got that lefty headlock. We saw it against Young. We've seen Ed Scott have a good year this year. Does he have enough for Austin O'Connor? We'll find out on Friday night. Now, uh, Lout, Cade Lout's had a good year. So, um, Lout and Hidley at 74. And then, then we get Trent at 84 against Kane. Now, here's an interesting thing. Kane just beat Bowling last weekend, okay? You know, Bolin and Ted Trent's number. So that's going to be kind of interesting there. Now, another duel to watch in state rivalry. You got Rutgers Princeton. That's what I was just about to say. BTN Plus, you know, not really real hype. You know, oh, can't wait for this match or that match, but should be some good matches. Um, you know, they, like I said, they just, you know, they don't really like each other a whole lot. So that should be very interesting. Um, Vatech, Virginia, another in-state battle, seven o'clock, ESPN plus ACC network. Um, not, you know, not a whole lot, just a good in-state battle. Yep. Um, another one, Army Navy. Gotta talk about Army Navy. Uh ESPN plus 730. One match in there I'm interested in seeing at 57 and Cerniglia versus Hartman. That's two ranked guys. Should be an interesting match. Now we get into What's interesting to watch on Saturday, Saturday afternoon, 1.30, BTN TV, Purdue Northwestern. Sneaky, sneaky good, good Saturday afternoon duel here. So um, don't forget, tune into that. We're going to get Schroeder and D'Augustino at 25. Also, uh, Deacon, you know, Deacon's been, you know, kind of starting here, there uh, against Coleman. Coleman's explosive. Um, and then Lehigh, Lehigh, Arizona State. So that's an interesting one. Two o'clock, Pac-12 Network, Lane Courtney. We get Humphreys and Teamer. This one here, Humphreys, legs on top, power half. Does Teamer go under him? Probably not. Does Humphreys get the takedown to get on top? That's an interesting one. We got uh, Meyer. Meyer's beat Wenzel this year. He wrestles Valencia. Can he hang with Valencia? Then this is a real good one. Jordan Wood, Schultz. Schultz and Wood, really good heavyweight. Match. Oh, and they both that speaks to the boys. depth of heavyweight this year. The fact right. that like you're not talking about Gable, Mason, Kirk, Cassiope, like what no. depth at heavyweight this year? Yeah, this match. I mean, I'm this is one of my top five to watch matches this weekend, and it's you know heavyweights become you know years ago growing up you know everybody left during heavyweight everybody man you leave during heavyweight now you caught you lost money you know what i mean like yep. 
you you missed all the action. So there's going to be some interesting matches in that one. Then Cal Poly Stanford, we're going to get Lamer Abbas. So they've gone back and forth this year. People don't realize Lamer beat Abbas. So Abbas, so that's an interesting match. Big one, Wick Griffith, 165, returning champion against a guy that, I mean, right now, I mean, a lot of people out there picking Evan Wick at 65. And how can you not see what he looks like? So yeah, I, this is going to be this. For the record, be, I'm going with with Griffith. I'm backing my boy Chenzo. I'm rooting yep. Stanford all the way here. Um, I think Saturday I, night. I'm super super excited for this duel. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be going to really be a really good one. one. They're they're Cal Poly sneaky good man. I'm telling you, Cal Poly does a really good job. And then then we get into Sunday, and we've got Cornell Wisconsin BTN plus one o'clock. Vito Barnett, Yanni Gomez. Can Gomez, you know, get in there, his ties, mix it up? Can he hang with Yanni? Does Yanni open it up on a on a guy, you know, where Gomez not, you know, more methodical, not as, you know, Gomez is a heck of an athlete, don't get me wrong, but not as dirty as, you know, a Yanni, right? He's more, so he wants to get his hands on you, kind of a contrast in styles. Um, Ramirez Hamidi, interesting. Interesting match. Um, Foca McNally, two long, scrambly guys. This is a match that's going to be very – they're going to be biting each other's ankles, rolling around a lot in that one. Uh, Jonathan Lowe and Weiler, another one. Weiler – I mean, Weiler – I mean, there's, there's weeks Weiler looks like, man, it's going to be really hard to beat Weiler. And then there's weeks that Weiler, you know, doesn't look as good. Last year, Weiler was really hurt. This year, I like what I'm seeing out of Weiler. Cardenas, big, strong, 97 against Amos, right? What happens there? Interesting match. And then Hilger Fernandez to round it out. We got an in-state battle, Michigan, Central Michigan, 2 o'clock, ESPN+. Plus. Now, Misich is going to get Dresden Simon. So that's an interesting match for him. Um, and Stencil Paris. Stencil Paris, we've had some pins in that matchup before, so that'll be interesting. Then we get Bedlam, too. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, 3 o'clock, ESPN+. Plus. Um, watch out for this McDougal kid at 149. McDougal out of, out of New York, Niagara kid, wrestling Jafeller at 49. Watch out for this kid. That's going to be interesting. Thomas and Sheets, 3-3 three and three in their career. Overtime win for Sheets earlier this year. Um, so, Mantanona plot. Interesting. Plot's got the edge this year. Plot majored him. Plot's got the edge in the career two to one. Majored him this year. In-state battle, NC State, South Dakota. and North Dakota State, South Dakota State. Flow, three o'clock. Tag. Tag's funky. Tag's kind of been rejuvenated there at South Dakota State at 33. Look for him in March to have an exciting match. Weber and Cook. Cook, Cook got Weber earlier this year. Um, Pence and Sloan last year, you know, Sloan teched Pence. So, you know, Pence has been coming on. Can he close the gap there? And we got, uh, Mets and Nevels, then Vatek, NC state six o'clock ACC TV. This is going to be a great duel. Um, you know, it was canceled. Um, it's not going to count in the ACC dual meet, uh, standings, um, NC State's going to get the win for that because it was already a prior forfeit. 
but they rescheduled it. They're going to wrestle. The matches will count. Uh, Latona Camacho. Latona is 3-0 against Camacho in his career. People probably don't realize that. But And then we get Tariq Andonian. Tariq Wilson Andonian. Probably going to be fireworks. Then here we go. Hayden. Here we go. What do you think? 174. Hayden and Lewis. Who do you got? Makai Hayden. I think Hayden. On the spot. I think Hayden. Think Hayden. I don't think since Makai mm-hmm. won it as a freshman, he hasn't, in my opinion, been that level. If if here's where he was when he won that, he's been going like this. I don't. He, in my opinion, he has not been right here. Oh, I get he, it. Where he needs to be to beat Hayden. I just don't know if size. If, if Hayden is so strong, oh, and Makai, one of Makai's perks is his strength. So yeah. if Hayden can zero in on that and kind of reduce Makai's leverage of strength, we're going to get a really, really good match. Oh, we are. Really good I, match. That's, I, that's I think Hayden. Yeah, that was it. Was Whit Griffith and and Makai Hayden are my two favorites for the weekend. Um. But yeah, I mean, and then we get Bolin and Trent, right? To me, Trent's a different guy this year. Bolin as well. I've noticed, you know, kind of down a little from what Bolin's normally been. I've seen Trent up. I got Trent in this one. Trent's had a hard time taking Bolin down. They've had a hard time taking each other down. We've had a lot of riding time wins. We've had a lot of, you know, escape wins. Um, so that'll be interesting. Then we round it out. End the weekend. Unbelievable dual meet. Uh, seven really, really interesting matches here. Iowa, Nebraska, seven o'clock, BTN TV, right? We're going to, do we see, do we see Ayala, right? Do we see, do we see Drake back, uh, against Reno, um, to get his feet wet before the big 10 tournament or is Drake done for the year? Um, I'm leaning, I'm leaning towards, you know, we see Drake this year. Do we see I really hope we do. He's so electric. I love watching that kid. You know, I, I, you know, he's, there was some picture surfacing from about at the ballpark. He had a good sweat on. Um, so, you know, he's was working out. So, um, you know, the signs are pointing to, we see Drake again this year. It sounds like it looks like, right. We've seen pictures. We've seen, you know, at this dual meet, he's, he's warming up. He was, you know, out there doing some drilling and stuff some pictures floating around of him sweating. So it looks like he's working out. My guess would be we see him big tens. Do we see him Friday night or I'm sorry, Sunday night? I'm not sure. Um, then we get, I mean, to me, we start off Ironman red gets this dual meet going, right? 41 Ironman red. Then we get right into Mirren love it. Then we go right into to Robin young. And we get a little bit of a break there with Marinelli and Bubba. Although I expect Bubba to be able to hang in there. Then we get Mikey Labs and Kemmer. Then we go That's right into Venz, Venz and Assad. Venz, too, this year, kind of not as good as he's been. We yeah. saw a really flat feet in quicksand, Abe Assad, at the bow at the ballpark. Abe Assad was knee-deep in the beach there. Um, you know, it happens to kids sometimes. Just feet aren't moving. You just, just not your night, right? Didn't look like it was Abe's night. Don't expect. I would very I, – 
I w- wouldn't shock me if Abe beats gear next time they wrestle. Um, but, and that was almost the major, just didn't look like Abe's night. I expect Abe and Venz to be a great match. Schultz Warner, Schultz Warner. We talk about 97. We talk about the pecking order. Now this is going to tell us a lot about 197 Schultz Warner. I mean, this is going to, this is going to tell us right here. What's going to happen a lot, you know, with the seating there at the big 10, you get Dean in there, you get these guys, you get Cappy, you you know, it's going to be. A mix of guys. Who you we, got in that match? Whoo, it's man. tough. <laughs> it is so tough. Um, the way Schultz manages and is crafty and smart and holding positions and the length. Um, but tell you what, right now, Warner's probably one of the most talented kids in this weight, right? If Jake Warner just looks in the mirror and is like, I'm the best every day from here until end of March. <laughs> he might be the best. You know what I mean? That's the thing. I think Jake Warner is that good. He's that talented. Um, so, man, that just – it's so weird, right? I mean, Warner is so good. If 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 both – 100% of both kids show up, I'll take Warner. But, you know, I, I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen it's, there. Uh, I love tough. both kids, man. My My – my high school coach growing up, high school, club, whatever, his that's his nephew, right? So his dad, Eric Schultz, father Eric Schultz, wrestled at Purdue in the late 80s, right? Stud, two-time Illinois high school state champion. That's Eric's father. And so uh, and Dean was Dean's his uncle. That was my high school coach. So I, you know, that's a hard one to pick against. And then Warner, I mean, heck, Sean Warner. Love him. Washington, Illinois. I'm an Illinois guy. So it's hard for me in that match. And if they, like I said, if they both show up hundred percent, I like Warner, but we'll see, man. Schultz is Schultz is so hard to wrestle. Schultz is so crafty. He's I so don't, I don't know who to root for here because I don't typically so root hard. for Iowa guys. And Schultz did piss me off. <laughs> giving, giving the Hogan year winning a very yeah. questionable match. Mm. <laughs> I love it. Oh, if that pissed you off, you should have met his father then. Oh man. Dad was dad had some cockiness to him. Boy, I remember I was a kid watching his dad wrestle. But yeah, he was Eric's not as not as arrogant. And and I don't dislike Schultz at all. I, I'm probably rooting for him here in this match. Yeah. I you know, and even in the rankings, you have Schultz in, in Intermat's ranking, Schultz is three and Warner's four. So this is a potential Big Ten semifinal match that we're getting a preview of Penn state bash. He's like, that guy pissed me off really bad, but I'm not picking Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I, I forgot who I was telling after. Cause somebody like I I put the tweet out, like Schultz doing the Hogan ears all time, stupid. And somebody Uh like called me out and said, you know, um, I I forgot what, what the, what the, Text just was, being but, a kid or whatever yeah, yeah i'm like look at as a penn state fan i'm naturally gonna dislike anybody that you know right in in the moment i dislike him an hour later i don't care yeah, <laughs> I don't right. care. yeah, yeah. it's that's, watching that's, sports <laughs> right and that's the whole thing too i want to and, and we'll end on this because we talked about iowa nebraska and i just don't think in a like i'll speak a little bit on the on the um you know, the Gomez, you know, situation that happened at Iowa and, and, 
and that, um, and, you know, sorry that happened to Austin Gomez. Austin Gomez knows how I feel about him and his family. Great people. Uh, love Austin Gomez. Um, but I don't think people realize that Carver Hawkeye Arena, Iowa, in itself is a state. They have no pro sports, okay? None, zero, okay? So they, those fans are, and I'm not, like I said, what, what happened in there, what, what, if, if what was said, that's horrible. It should not happen. But that one guy doesn't, you know, there's 15,000 people in there. And them, yeah. them fans are like, it's like the guy at the Raiders games with the spikes on and the, right. It's the, where I don't think a lot of people in the country understand the, the fandom, right. And you know, going to rec hall, right. You get these big, you know what I mean? And people, you know, you know, you get drunk and yell and scream shit and F you and this and that, you know, and it's, yeah. it's, you know, where it's like, you're not going to probably get that at a, at a Stanford Cal Poly duel, right. Where, you know, I mean, you come to the rack at Rutgers. Woo. I mean, they get, Look at, I, I absolutely love Bill's mafia, but some of the things you hear oh. when you're at a football game where people are drunk and, you know, it doesn't exactly bring the best out in people. And no, it doesn't. And they, they decided to serve beer in, or in Carver this year. And I, I would assume that experiment's probably going to go by the wayside, um, be my guess. But, oh, and they are too. I don't know if, I mean, it doesn't matter to me, but there, there are going to be beer sales at the Big Ten tournament in Lincoln as well this year. So Really? Yes. Yep. All you beer drinkers, there you go. I'll be excited when they serve wine <laughs> one day. I always like NCAA's a couple. Yeah. Next year, I want to go in with a couple people and get a suite. But the last one was at NCAA's. We had a suite, and ordering wine to the suite was so nice. I, I remember <laughs> just like sitting there with a glass of wine, talking with like um, a bunch of people. One of my one of my guys that I love watching wrestling with is Eric Siebert. One of okay. the nicest dudes on the planet. LaSalle, Peru. LaSalle, Peru, Illinois. Yep. When I was with Scrap Life and when Bash Solutions worked with Scrap Life for a couple of years, he was involved with Scrap Life on the team sales side of things. And I got to know him really well. And one of the smartest dudes in the sport. And I don't know that anybody dislikes him. <laughs> he's, he's so likable. And like just that was it like sitting with him because he's a wine drinker too so sitting there drinking a glass of wine talking wrestling the absolute best and this year if i go it's it's just on a media credential i'll be bugging around trying to you know cover it bring attention to different athletes i want to try to get their stories out there more and more do what i do but i think next year i'm gonna have to go in with somebody on a suite because it's just there's yeah. nothing like a suite at ncaa's is the pinnacle of sports for me there's nowhere yeah. I'd rather be when it comes to sports. It's it's nice. Yeah, Eric Siebert, uh, actually, so growing up in the area I did, and uh, we were probably about where his, his dad was a high school coach for LaSalle, Peru, way back in the 80s. And when I was a kid um, coming up as a teenager, like 11, I mean, when I was 13, 14, 15, um, in middle school, Prior to that, they always came to our regional 10, 11, 12. LaSalle, yeah. Peru was in my high school's regional, and his dad was the coach. And 
and uh, had some really good kids. Uh, and then, you know, Eric goes on to be a stud himself and wrestle, you know, at University of Illinois. Then he, he coached at Sandberg for quite a while. And, yep. Yeah, great, great wrestling mind. For sure. Yeah. One of the best. So I, I miss being at tournaments with Siebert. I don't know if Eric even knows how to listen to a podcast, but if you're listening to this, Siebert, we need to get <laughs> back there soon. Or if you're if you're listening to this and you have Siebert's number in your phone, text him about this. Because I want yeah. 20, 30 texts to go to him saying, Did you hear a bash was saying about you on the podcast? <laughs> he's the best. He actually just we were just texting the other night when he um about my baby boy being born. So shout out Siebert, one of the best in the sport. Why don't you give your baby boy a shout out? What is your baby boy's name? Why don't you tell all the listeners? Frederick David, named after my grandfather and one of my closest friends who's been the pastor at the church I go to for about at least 15 years now. So between those two, by far the most influential men, um, my buddy David, my uh, pastor, last 15 years, he's helped me through some of the most insane dark times ever and growing up my dad was nowhere around my grandpa was like a dad we'd go to the thousand islands fish all the time so to pay tribute to those two it was a no-brainer it didn't take us long to think about that i know some people one of my buddies had this baby and they didn't name the kid for like two days after he was born they couldn't decide (laughs) no name over there yeah we found out it was a boy and i think we had the name within a I don't know, a day before we might have even had it before knowing because we have a name we really like for a girl that I'm not going to say because I don't want people copying us. But <laughs> we knew as soon as that it was going to be a boy. So he's so awesome. Now, now, um, she she carried for quite a while, right? Did she carry past quite? Yeah, weight? she was 41. Right? She was 41 weeks, six days. And um, unbelievable. I was like, I told you I was getting worried, but I didn't yeah. want to ask. Right. Cause I'm like, Oh no. And, and yeah. it had been so long because January 28th, you know, we're worried about the Penn state, Iowa duel. You didn't want to go because you were worried about her having the baby. And I then know. it's like another week. And I'm like, Oh, and I start asking others. And I'm like, Oh no. And, and, and then, you know, everything was great. And she just, uh, that little boy, old Frederick, he didn't want to come out. <laughs> no. He's like, I like it in here. And they wanted to induce her right away after the due date passes. She says, no, my conviction is I want to keep him in here as long as I possibly can. And they finally at 41 weeks, six days, her blood pressure was high for a couple days in a row. And they said, okay, let's induce you. And it was a roller coaster. She was a rock star uh, and just, you know, being in the room experiencing all that is absolutely wild. It, it's uh, when he was born and he had a breathing problem for like 10 minutes. He had like this delayed transitioning where he's basically trying almost too hard to breathe. And you see his rib cage just going like this, almost like hyperventilating. Yep. So we had to go over to the NICU. So right after he was born, they did a couple things and I was out the room. I followed him, went with him to the NICU and within a half an hour, he was breathing awesome. And, and he did, he, he did awesome. My wife did awesome. So now we're just home. The second I get done with this, this, this episode will be up within, within an hour or two, but the second we hang up here, I'm going to grab him and, and, (laughs) (laughs) and just, uh, he's the best. That's awesome, man. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Well, speaking of that, now that I'm talking about him, I got to go get him. I miss him. It's been like an hour and a half. (laughs) 
Let's do it. So, yep. Let's wrap it up and uh, we'll be talking again. Oh, yeah. This is the season for the next couple of months. Expect a lot of shows. I'm back. Took a couple of weeks as we were gearing up to have him. And now that he's home, but I'm back. So we're going to have some fun. If you're not subscribed, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Rockfin, wherever you want. Shout out again to Attack for sponsoring. If you guys haven't downloaded the Attack app, A-T-A-C, follow them on social. Download the app. You'll enjoy it. All right, Corby. Let's watch some wrestling this weekend. All right, buddy. Bye. See you. And the beat goes on.